Hello and uh, welcome to the First and Ten podcast. Um, so once again, uh, there's no Ross this week, and um, yeah, be be me hosting. Some are saying it's because I uh, absolutely crushed him in the Mega League last week, but you know I'll let Ross explain that next week, so that's okay. Um, so stepping in for Ross, um, we've got Ollie. So uh, hi Ollie, how you doing? I'm good, thanks, Dave. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. So sort of a rush to put this together. So thanks for stepping in at the last minute. Yeah, no worries at all. Um, so, um, well, Ollie is actually our uh, reigning Mega League champion. I mean, I think that's uh, going to run out soon, isn't it? How, how are you doing this year? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm 0-10 this year. It's oh. uh, it's a bit of a Super Bowl hangover, which we'll uh, we'll come on to uh, shortly, I believe. So once you've won it once, it doesn't really matter, does it? You're the first ever winner. Yeah. So. It's overrated once you win it. You know, it's, yeah. you're the champion. You take your foot off the gas a little bit. Yeah, I yeah. tend to find. So. Yeah, I understand that. Um, so, um, well, let us know. Let us know a little bit about yourself, uh, like who to support, all that sort of thing. Uh, so, I'm a I'm a Panthers fan. Um, so, uh, yeah, reigning uh, first and ten mega league champion of the world, um, and pre- they're probably the two most interesting things about me, unfortunately. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure that's not true. Um, and say, so, I know you're uh, heavily involved in the Roaring Riot um, uh, Panthers fan club. So, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, um, the Roaring Riot is a it's a Panthers fan group that was actually started in the states, um, and the idea behind it was to help change the culture of, of the Panthers fan base because obviously they're a new franchise uh, in the grand scheme of things. So, fan engagement is something that takes a little bit of time, uh, and this group helps towards that. Um, so, they have a tailgate at every home game. Uh, which actually has their own Roaring Riot Pale Ale, which is awesome, by the way. Um, and uh, they also organise big uh, away trips as well, which are great fun. Been on a couple myself, uh, and they usually get pretty messy as well. Um, <laughs> but they're actually also um, completely non-profit. So any money they make goes to uh, mainly goes to the Cam Newton Foundation, um, but there's other local charities around Charlotte as well. Um, and last season they raised $40,000. Which is pretty mind blowing, really, yes. for for a fan group um, to be able to raise that kind of money. Yeah. Um, so globally, there's around six thousand members. Um, so they're pretty big. Um, they've got official chapters um, who host watch parties all over uh, America. Um, but now we've got an official chapter in the UK too. Um, so we're called the Royal Riot, um, and we meet at the Hippodrome in London for every Panthers game, including Thursday night football. <laughs> which we, we won't talk about too much and dwell on. Um, so if you're a Panthers fan and you're looking for other Panthers fans to watch the game with, please come along. Um, typically, there's probably 15 to 20 of us that turn up, which considering we've only been going about six weeks in the UK is, is not bad going. Um, but yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, so it sounds uh, like it's growing quickly. And so didn't uh, Effie Abada come over during the bye week to see you all? He did, yeah. So... Um, Zach, the guy who runs the Roaring Right in the States, had uh, at the Panthers get in touch with him. Um, and basically, they sort of organised it with, with the team um, between myself and Joe, who, who helped run the UK side of things, um, coordinated with them. And, and yeah, we met up with, with FA in, in a pub. He brought along some caps and some jerseys and signed it for us and some pictures and all that kind of stuff. So um, it was just after the uh, the Bengals game where he got his first interception and he got a strip sack which was unfortunately overruled so um he got 
NFC Defensive Player of the Week that week. So they were kind of riding the crest of a wave a bit with him. Um, so they thought it'd be good to get him back over to London on the bye week, meet some fans, met up with some of his old team and, and did all sorts of media stuff for, for Sky. He <laughs> goodness knows who else. So that's, that's pretty great that you get someone like that over, well, so quickly after starting, wasn't it? It was, uh, it was right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was actually the first time he'd suited up as well. Um, so for the, for the first two games, uh, he, he wasn't even uh, suited up for it. So to, to suit up for your first game and, and make the impact that he did um, is pretty cool. And yeah, for us as fans to, to then get to meet him and, and, and have a drink with him and, and chat with him, it was, it was pretty special. So where, where can people find you if, uh, if they want to get involved with that sort of stuff? Uh, so we're on um, all your social media, uh, at Royal Riot UK. Uh, and yeah, every Panthers game, we're at the Hippodrome in London. So um, slight change to the setup there now. I don't know if you're aware, but it's just downstairs now. Um, they've, all the bar area, they, they don't show NFL anymore because of the, uh, the magic mic fiasco <laughs> that's going on there at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, you can get a little bit snug down there, but you tend to find as the season goes on, it gets a bit quieter there anyway. As, yeah. as people start going out of contention for the playoffs anyway, they, they stop bothering to turn up to, to watch the game. So we should be all right for space. Part, part of the fun that it's all a bit cramped down there, isn't it? Yeah, and, and there's a craps table down there, which is my, my favourite game, so it's even better. Perfect. I can, I can still see the game while I'm playing craps. It's brilliant. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, well, say if any Panthers fans, make sure you get involved with that because yeah, it's a great, great thing to be involved with, and so it seems like a real fun thing to do. Um, so we'll, I suppose we'll get straight on with the uh, takeaways now. So, do you want to go first? What's your, what's your first takeaway? So, first takeaways uh, I mentioned it briefly earlier is, is the Super Bowl hangover. It's real. It, it is a thing, <laughs> and, and you know, obviously for me, in the most important league, the first and ten mega league. That's clearly happening. 0-10 is a disaster. But actually, if you look at the NFL, it's happening there too. Unless, of course, you, you know your name's the New England Patriots, <laughs> in which case the rules just don't seem to apply. Um, but just taking a quick back look for over the last just a couple of years, I won't go on too long. Look at the Eagles now. They're 4-5. and five. They're third in the NFC East. Um, they've actually got the same record as Dallas, which I'm not quite sure how that's happened. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like the world's um, apart, doesn't it, in terms of talent and two teams? Yeah, um, and their remaining schedule as well is actually the hardest in the league. So their remaining schedule is 6-3-5. Um, yeah. So I don't think it's going to get any better for them as no. the season goes on. Um, look at the Falcons last year, um, who blew a 23-point lead in Super Bowl, by the way. Just never forget <laughs> that. 10-6, um, and six, which isn't a disaster, but third in their division started by losing all four preseason games and were actually four and four at one point as well. So they did get over their hangover, but it didn't start too well for them. Um, obviously, Panthers, six and ten, will gloss over that one pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, but even the Broncos as well, who won it, they were nine and seven and finished third in their division after winning the Super Bowl. So it's a thing. It happens. And we're seeing it with the Eagles. And again, unless you have the New England Patriots, I think we're going to keep seeing it again and again. And why do you think that is? Because like, I, I, I have thought about this, and I don't know if it's just when these teams do well, I don't know if it's just that their coaches all get poached or some of their players will leave because they want to get paid, that sort of thing. Is, is that is that the explanation for it, or is there something else you think? I, I, I think that's definitely a part of it, but I also think that... I don't, I don't think for one moment the Eagles players are sitting there going, do you know what, we've got a ring, who cares? I, I don't yeah. think that's going through their mind. But 
I bet you when they didn't have a ring, they they just went that little bit extra, tiny little bit of extra effort because they were so desperate to get it. I'm not saying they're not trying now, but they probably try harder, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think and, I think and Yeah, it's just, you know, if you've got that tackle to make or you've got to get that extra half yard, you might just be that little bit more incentivized to do it to get that first route. I don't know. But, the, you know, the, the stats are there and I, th- I think it happens. Um, some teams get over it better than others, like we've seen with Atlanta. But they did go four and four, which for a team as good as they were last year, that's pretty shocking. Yeah, not... Yeah, they would have come in as one of the favourites, wouldn't they? Yeah, uh, and and again this year, obviously with the Super Bowl being in Atlanta, you know, pre-season a lot of people were talking about them this year as well. Um, but thankfully, that's that's not looking likely <laughs> now. So because that would be pretty much a disaster for me as a Panthers fan. Just got the Saints to worry about now. Yeah, I'm actually going to be in, in New Orleans for four weeks, seventeen. Um, a little bit scared about what they're going to do to us. They might rest all their players. That'd be right. <laughs> yeah, they might have number one seed wrapped up by then. I don't know. I, I, I've got a fixed sneaky feeling about the Panthers. Well, at least I did until you know that thing that didn't happen last Thursday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, my record watching the Panthers in divisional games is zero and four. <laughs> so, so we, we yeah, need, we need to Panthers fan to sort of somehow get your flight cancelled and stuff like that. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> It's, it's, I leave Boxing Day, so that pretty much ruined my Christmas. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, but you're going to ruin everyone else's Christmas, aren't you? So it's only fair. Yeah, but at least I'll be having fun. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, so I like that one. Um, well, my first takeaway is uh, it's going to be a bit of a, a moany one. We're not, we're not my favourite ones. It's actually about Dion Lewis. And uh, so he came out after the Patriots game and said, basically, it's personal and the Patriots been, shouldn't have been so cheap. And uh, yeah, all that stuff. And yeah, it just it really it really annoyed me because he wouldn't have he wouldn't have got that contract with the Titans if it wasn't for the Patriots. And I think he's sort of yeah a bit disrespectful really. And I don't I don't it doesn't normally bother me when players say this sort of stuff. But yeah, in his particular case, because this is such a weird case going back over, over his career. Um, so before the Patriots signed him, he, he was in the league for four seasons. In that time, he hadn't played for two of the years because he got cut by the Browns and the Colts. Um, and I think he had something like 36 or 35 rushes in them first four years as a in the NFL. And then mm. the Patriots sign him off the couch to come and play and they turn him into a Super Bowl winner. And yeah, then yeah, then he throws it back, really. And say, if you want to play for a team like the Patriots or the Steelers or the Packers, who are sort of perennial contenders, then you're going to have to take a bit of a discount. It's just part of it. You either want to get paid or you want to win rings. And I've got no problem with a player wanting to get paid. I'm more than happy for them to. But, yeah, just don't yeah, don't slam the team that sort of got you that 20 million contract you just signed and, yeah, probably made you what you are now. So, I, I really like Dion Lewis and I think he was such a good player for us. But, yeah, the whole thing seemed a little bit odd because, yeah, just... Have some respect, basically. That was sort of my whole hey, thing. You, you are absolutely raging, aren't you? Oh, yeah, of course I am. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I have said that I will never, ever draft a beginning fantasy, but, you know, that, that might change. <laughs> Not that you're petty at all or anything. No, no, but, you know, you've got to be. <laughs> if I'm not petty, I'm not anything. So uh, Yeah, I, I think it's a good point. I mean, it's 
it's not buying the hand that feeds you because it doesn't anymore. But it's kind of it's it's disrespectful when a, a team's basically got you that money to then start slagging them off. Yeah, he, he's won a rig and now he's got paid. That's pretty much the dream as a player, isn't it? Like that's yeah. Even uh, Revis took a bit of a cut to come to Patriots just to win his ring, and then he went and got paid again. It's uh yeah, it's just part of the business, isn't it? And yeah, just a bit of a weird one for me. So, um, mm. what, what's your second takeaway? So, second takeaway is that 2018's Lev Bell is probably now officially the worst pick in fantasy football history. Um, so, as we know, he's not, not going to be playing this season now. Um, the news that's come out this week. So, when you consider how high he'll have been taken in every league, to then get zero points all season surely has to make him the worst fantasy pick there's ever been. I mean, even even David Johnson in, in 2017 got like 20 yards, was it, or something yeah. like that? Which, we, okay, it's not going to win you anything, but at least he got something out of it. Um, you know, this is better than if you were taking, I don't know, Nathan Peterman, like who, who literally would have had a, a better QB rating if he had spiked every single play that he was in. <laughs> because it's not like you were going to take him in the first round. Yeah, you know, he would have been probably probably got off waivers to be honest, or, or free agency. But do, do you know what I mean? You're not wasting a, a a big pick on him. This is even worse than when someone in our league tried to pick Cecil Shorts the third <laughs> after he stopped playing the game. Because again, at least he didn't waste such a high pick on it. This is you know, it's it's not even a first round. It's the first couple of picks, and he's got you nothing, and it's not even. Like I said, a David Johnson situation whereby poor guys got injured after what ten snaps or whatever it was. You know, this is just he hasn't even shown up, not even suited up, and he's just basically ruined your fantasy season. Yeah. What do you reckon? Do you reckon it's, do you, can you think of a worse pick? It, it's hard to really, isn't it? Because I just say he's picked so high. He, even even when uh, we thought he might sit out for a few games, he was still going right at the top of the first round and. So I know I actually even traded for him in a few leagues. So yeah, it couldn't have really gone much worse for me this season with Bell. But yeah, it's hard to think of anybody that's been worse because at least if you pick someone and then they get injured, you can just—it's just bad luck, isn't it? Bell. It was always that thing of all season you were just hanging on to him because he might come back, and then yeah, then yes, so you can finally drop him. It's yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he is the worst ever pick in fantasy. Just like we all predicted at the start of the season, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> but I don't, I don't really think anyone expects it to last even this long, really, did they? Because nobody nobody has actually held out for that long. It's no. Yeah, normally they come back just the end of the preseason, don't they? And then yeah, might yeah. be a bit slow for the first couple of weeks, but then they're just back to back to normal. But yeah, he's actually stuck to it, which I think I respect quite a lot for him. He's given up a lot of money for it, but yeah, not as a fantasy owner who owns him in about sixty percent of my leagues. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is he gonna is he gonna recoup that money though? As in, if he had played this season, yeah, I know he could have got injured, but do you see, he's given up so many millions of dollars. Actually, might he have ended up with more? I guess it all depends yeah. how many teams come in for him, doesn't it? Because even someone like Lynch, who took a year off, he came back a lot better than he did. So maybe it's a good thing for him in terms of his career. This sort of mid mid career break for a year without actually sort of having to recover from some big injury like most people who have that sort of break would be. But Yeah. I, I guess if he comes back as well, then they were gonna 
pound him into the floor. Yeah, and I think that's the I think that's the main reason he didn't come back in the end because yeah, they would have just I think I've said on it before that they'd use him like Demarco Murray used um, was used by the Cowboys in that final year where they basically ruined his career <laughs> over that final. Yeah, season. he'd have been doing kickoff. He'd been kicking. He'd be doing everything basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah they just to try and get some value for money out of him. Yeah, I, I think he made the right call personally, but like for himself, not not for me. But yeah, he's um, yeah, it's a strange one and just something we've never really seen before. So. Yeah, this free agency is going to be really interesting because there's a few teams out there that could battle for him and it could end up pushing his contract up massively. But yeah, it sort of depends. It seems like the Raiders get involved who have got a bit of cash there now, or other teams. Well, yeah, the they're just they're just shifting all sorts of money off their <laughs> off their their team, and they they seem to have so much space now already just from what they've got rid of this season alone. Yeah. And... It's a, um, it's a it's a good way to spend that money to go out and get a top running back to go with either Derek Carr or a new quarterback. So depending on what happens there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, when is it they move into new stadium? It's twenty twenty, I think. Yeah, so they've got another year. So yeah, need a bit of star power there. Yeah, because actually, I actually looked at it yesterday. Um, there's a, a live webcam of it, and yeah, at the moment there's there's pretty much nothing there. Yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't even look. Like anything that resembles a stadium at the moment, maybe it'll be a Spurs situation. It'll probably be finished before Spurs' stadium. <laughs> though, I mean, like that could go on forever, so it's a good chance. Hopefully, it does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are both Arsenal fans here. Just in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> okay. Well, um, my second takeaway, and this might be one that you can answer, really, is if the Bears do end up winning the NFC North, are they the most dangerous team for a lot of the big guns? Because in them teams, there's not really an elite defence. And I think the Bears are the one team that could make the playoffs that could offer that. And are they one of the only teams that could actually stop, like the Saints or the Rams or even the even the Panthers? What What do you think about that? No. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was actually having a look at the Bears earlier, um, coincidentally. And when you look at their results, OK, yeah, they, they've, they beat the Lions, who are pretty bad. Um, they beat the Bills, who are pretty bad. They beat the Jets, who are pretty bad. They lost to the Patriots when they came up against a good team, right? Okay. And um, they lost to the Dolphins. Um, they beat the Bucks, which, yep, most people tend to do that. They only just scrape past the Cardinals, who are pretty terrible. So, you know, you're looking at their results and you're thinking, anytime they've come up against anyone half decent, they, they've lost. And all their wins seem to come up against the crap. <laughs> which you know you can only play who you, who's put in front of you uh, you know appreciate that but I think when you look at some of the teams they've got left like the Vikings the Rams even the Packers um, and the Vikings twice in fact I think there's going to be quite a few losses in there for them yeah so, so I, mean, I think that it's, it's more just if they do make it I think they're the sort of team that come January time when that weather gets a bit cold if they can hold, like, I don't know, the Saints to what? If they can score, like, 28 points, say, which I think they could on that Saints defence, could they stop Breeze? I think they're a team that could do it. And, you know, I just think they're the, they'd be the only elite defence there where yeah, I think all, all the other teams have got good offences and then questionable defences, I guess. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I actually hold the key to, to the to the Bears' success this season because every time I bench Trubisky, he puts up 40 points. <laughs> in fantasy so if I just keep him on the bench then 
you know, they'll do really well if I start playing him, then they get in nowhere near the playoffs. So, are you going to keep playing him just to jinx him? Uh, I, I want the points, so yeah, oh, I don't know because I'm not <laughs> going to get points out of him if he's playing, but the rest of my, my quarterbacks are muck, so <laughs> it's a game, we'll call that a game time decision. <laughs> Fair play. Well, so that's uh, the end of our takeaways this week, just two for this week. So, up next, uh, we have our community questions. So, I know, I know you're looking forward to these because there's some good ones this week, isn't there? Some, uh, some yeah, some, some interesting slash difficult ones to answer. Yeah. Well, I'll start with the Facebook questions. So, first up, we got from Peter Lidbetter. Uh, four games announced for London next year. Everyone is talking about what teams they want to see. But what I want to know is what teams you wouldn't want to see playing London next year and why. So, uh, so I, I toyed with the idea of, of being a bit cheesy and saying we should be grateful for whatever we get. Yeah, that's boring, <laughs> but mainly because I couldn't think of anyone I really don't want to see. Um, for, for me, there's just a couple of teams that if I, if I look at all 32, they just inspire nothing in me. And it's not for any valid reason. It's just I look at, you know, if, if they're on, I'm like, nah, I'm not going to stay up till, till two o'clock in the morning to watch that one. It's teams like the, the, the Titans, they, the Texans generally bore me a little bit as well. Um, and But the Texans will be actually in a, uh, an exception to, for next year because they're actually hosting the Panthers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm hoping that's a game that comes over because the Texans and the Panthers are two of the only three teams left not to come to London yet. Yeah, it'd be a great way to clear two off, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. So um, I'm really hoping that that's the game that comes over. So typically I would probably put the Texans in there as well. Um, and yeah, the Titans, maybe the Colts as well. I know you're a big... Andrew Luck fan, but yeah. again, I, I don't know. They just, they just don't interest me. Other than him, they're not the most interesting. Sorry. Other than him, they're not the most interesting scene, really, are they? No, 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 they're not. So, um, yeah, that's mine. But it's it's not for any real rhyme or reason. Just kind of, you know, sometimes you just don't warm to a team, I guess, and they're they're just three I've never particularly warmed to. Yeah. I think that's the same for my answer. Like, I've gone for the Ravens. A lot of it's because when they came over, they didn't exactly embrace it here. Like, I think when you, like, some teams come over and they seem to really enjoy it, really get involved, all the stuff. But yeah, the Ravens came over and it was just a bit like it was a bit of a chore. And when they went back, the Raiders oh, as well this season were pretty bad for it, weren't they? Yeah, just yeah, seeming to just. Just going yeah. through the motion. Yeah, oh, shit. it's, it's not great. We've got, we've got to do this. <laughs> and I get for them it is an inconvenience, but at the same time, it is what it is. And I mean, the teams that have embraced it here have been the teams that have probably done better over the years. But the Jags, they've really sort of taken it as part of like their franchise that they play in London. And I think they've seen the benefits of that. Because even when they were dreadful, they still come over here and got some wins. And Yeah, I mean, you know, this year aside, they kind of turned it into almost a home field advantage. And, and it always surprises me when I look at when the teams are coming over. They why are they not all just copying whatever the Jags do? Yeah, because the Jags have been there, they've done it. They know when to come over, how to acclimatise to the weather, to the time zones, whatever it may be. So you, you hear about these teams that are sort of turning up last minute and you know training in the states and coming over, basically running out onto the field, playing the game, and then starting off. And the Jags don't do that, and the Jags have got by far and away the best record <laughs> when coming over here. So uh, it, it always baffles me why teams aren't just saying, right, let's just copy whatever they do, because clearly they know what they're doing by now. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's just, 
yeah, just have more fun with it. <laughs> I think it's, it'll make their time here better, and it'll make it better for the fans here. I think everyone's everyone will enjoy it a lot more if they just embrace it a bit more. Yeah, and, and also, you know, in terms of fan engagement and you know revenue for them, they're going to get more fans by being more involved, having more fan engagement. You know, there are still a lot of people in this country who haven't picked a team yet. So what better way to try and drum up some more interest in your team than actually getting involved and, and, and trying to to nurture that a little bit. I mean, look at the Jags. Look how many Jags jerseys you see when you go to games. They're everywhere. Yeah, and that wouldn't have been the case five, six years ago. No chance, no. Oh, so that's that one. So I don't, I don't think there's any teams either of us would be that bothered if they'd said they were coming over. But yeah, I think there's just a few sort of, yeah, just don't really take to them. Um, so, well, the next question, well, it's not even really a question, so <laughs> let's go over it quick, but it's from David Green. It says, so those bills, eh? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the weirdest team in the league. Yeah, the, the, or the Buffalo Panthers, as they're uh, <laughs> known around the, the Carolinas, because they just basically seem to take anyone who is at Carolina or was once involved there or once visited there or basically has any connection to them, so... Yeah, there's there's quite a few Panthers there, and um, you know the Benjamins, McDermotts, and uh, even Derek Anderson had a little stint there as well. Our, our backup quarterback, so all your yeah. stars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All, all the all the big names. <laughs> remember, Kelvin Benjamin said that all he needed was an accurate quarterback, and he would have been an elite receiver uh, at the start of the season. Um, and he's ended up with. I mean, some of the worst quarterbacks you've ever seen. So, if you, if you can't do it with Nate Peterman, then who can you do it with? Well, exactly. Right. And maybe if he if he put the fork down every once in a while and lost a bit of weight, it might be a bit better as well. Well, yeah. So that's that one. So, uh, well, we'll move on to Twitter now. Um, we've got one from Hassan. Is at hmtray112. Uh, he says, "What the fuck is wrong with Christopher Carson this season?" Well. I don't really think there's anything much wrong with him. I think he's uh, probably done better than expected. They drafted Rashad Penny, didn't they, in the first round, and he managed to still win the job. I think it's just been injuries for him, hasn't it, really? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, go on, sorry. No, go on. Go on, you go. <laughs> I, I was just going to say the same thing. I, I don't think there's, there's a huge amount wrong there. It's just, yeah, injuries, I guess. Yeah. So when he's been on the field, he's been quite good just not been on the field that much does this feel like someone who's who's, who's drafted him high yeah I and think. it's just a little bit upset about it <laughs> <laughs> i think so yeah um well, his second question uh is warren sapp said odell beckham jr is nothing special because of the new gloves this is how much cocaine has mr sapp consumed <laughs> well um, the first 10 lawyers to look at this answer yeah. before we answer i'll say it. i do not know but I'll just, I'll just stick with the first part of the question and go with uh yeah, I think it's just a stupid comment, really. No matter what you think of Beckham, he's still incredibly talented. He's a bit of an idiot and he can do stupid things, but he's such a talented yeah. player. And yeah, I think I think some of the criticism over the years is a bit stupid. I guess similar to like Cam Newton, the sort of stuff he gets, isn't it? Really? It's yeah, he, yeah. Cam Cam gets some stick for a perceived bad attitude sometimes. I think. OBJ's attitude is probably a bit worse than than Cam's. Oh yeah, I just I just um, I imagine it's the same sort of people criticising one probably criticise the other, don't they? Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, you know, I, I look at OBJ and just think, if you had a quarterback that wasn't Eli, um, how much better would he be doing? 
and, and also, I mean, not so much this season, obviously, because they've got Barkley and now, but last few seasons, certainly, they've not had a runner. So, they've no running threat. So, what are you going to do? You're just going to put like nine men on, on OBJ for every snap, aren't you? Yeah. Because um, he was their main threat. So, I feel like he's going to have had a lot more attention um, in the past. Um, and then this year, I think it's more just Eli's just trash, isn't he? He's got to yeah. go. Well, we've got a question coming up about Eli in a minute, so I'll save that one for them. But yeah, I think, I'm, uh, I, think I agree with you on that one. Well, next question actually comes from you. Um, it is uh, from you. It is at Pain in the Arse, in case you want to give Ollie a follow. Um, it says, how the fuck am I 0-10? And, uh, <laughs> or is that related to the Mega League? Yeah, so I, I sent that question in, obviously, before I was, was coming on the podcast. <laughs> I was actually quite interested to see what you both had to say about it. So um, I have no idea how I am. I asked the question, so I'm going to throw this one straight back at you, Dave. Well, honestly, I don't know, because your team's quite good. Um, so you've got Drew Brees at quarterback. How anyone's 0-10 with Drew Brees at quarterback? Then you've got Devin Funches, who's been all right. Keenan Allen, who's one of the most dependable wide receivers in the league. Larry Fitzgerald. He hasn't been, it's not been his best season, but he hasn't been bad. Tarek Cohen, Adrian Peterson, who's been great, really, as a running back, hasn't he? And then Olsen, who obviously was injured, but yeah, Carl Rudu, Rudolph, who's not the worst uh, tight end. And then, yeah, Kenyon Drake, Lamar Miller, Keenan Cole, lots of good players in there. Honestly, I think it's yeah. the best 0 10 team I've ever seen. <laughs> There's faint praise in there. Somehow. Yeah. I, I, but, yeah. I've looked at it a lot, and yeah, I don't understand how it is 0 10. I, so I keep getting people in my league keep sending me um, the, the worst trade offers you've ever seen because I think they're under the impression that I've given up because I'm 0-10. <laughs> and so, so they're just trying to sort of see if I'll just give away my players because I don't care anymore. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not going to wash. I've got to get one win before the end of the season. <laughs> I think you've got to. and you, I think you're playing Ross this week. So, yeah, obviously, I'm rooting for you in that one. Good stuff. <laughs> well, our next question comes from uh, Cheap Heat, who is at AFCCB1079. And uh, so, yeah, this isn't the easiest question to answer. There's one you may have to research, and uh, we did. And that is uh, the two se- 2017 running back class. One, who was the best value? And two, will have, who will have the best career? Um, so, to start some of the qu- names quickly from that draft class, you've got Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, uh, down there, you've got James Connor, Tarek Cohen, Jamal Williams, Marlon Mack, Aaron Jones, um, Chris Carson. There's lots of other ones that have actually contributed already. A couple but, of names um, in there. Yeah, there's a. it is a hell of a draft class. But yeah, so which one? Well, I think I know where you're going with this one. But who has, who has <laughs> the best value and who will have the best career? So I'm going to be massively biased on this one. So I didn't do a huge amount of research. I'll hold my hands up. But... <laughs> Um, I know we've we've clashed a few times on this one, Dave, uh, around Christian McCaffrey. Because, yeah, I know eight is expensive. Um, but And I know you say he's basically just a, a glorified slot receiver. But when you actually start to look at some of the numbers he's putting up as a runner as well, they're actually pretty good. Um, touchdowns he could do a little bit better on. But then, hey, Julio Jones could do a bit better on touchdown, touchdowns as well. No one's criticising you know, his ability or his effort that he puts in for the team. But I think what McCaffrey brings, which is so different from probably most of the running backs in that list, is that he is such a dual threat that it, it scares 
defences because they don't really know how to defend against him sometimes. Um, you know, the Panthers at the moment, Thursday night aside, are one of the best offences in terms of fun to watch because some of the plays they come out with, North Tone has gotten to do these sort of double reverse sweeps and all this kind of crazy stuff. You've always got Cam obviously on the run as well. But McCaffrey's always there and, and he's really helping Cam to actually increase his completion numbers as well. So at the start of the season, North said he wanted to get Cam's completion percentage up. Um, and I think even against the Steelers, it was at like 75% or something, which considering yeah. how badly we got our asses handed to us is is not bad going. Um, but Cam's got that check down now quite a lot with McCaffrey. And actually, if you look at the, the run uh, run after the catch and the yards after the catch that he's getting, they're actually pretty good. So I'm going to go with him. If you look at another uh, running back who went high in the draft, Fournette, who's basically got cheese strings for hamstrings, uh, I think it's fairly clear, certainly that high up the draft, which one of them is a better value. Oh, for sure. I'm sure you're probably going to find some little hidden gems further down that didn't get picked quite so high, but well, have had some pretty good production. Well, I, I wouldn't really disagree with McCaffrey for who will have the best career, or I think he's in the top two in this list, really, or at least top three. But I think best value, it's hard to look past Alvin Kamara, really. In the third round, and he's been well, he's been amazing, really, hasn't he? He's, uh, yeah, I think it was, what, the 67th pick, I think it was? I didn't know it down. Yeah, 67 he was picked. And, yes, finding a player That's that really... good in that, that stage is unbelievable, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it does make you wonder, because if he is as, as good as he is, did... Like, did just the Saints know he was that good, or is has he just exceeded expectations? I mean, he must have done. Yeah. Because surely, if he was as good as he's been, there would have been, okay, maybe not 65 picks ahead of him that, that could have taken him, but, you know, at least 25 that people would have gone, well, yeah, we'll have him. Yeah, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Because I don't think he had a lot, he didn't have a bad college career or anything like that. He was a good player there, and. Yeah, I think it just happens sometimes, doesn't it? These players that just fall down the draft for whatever reason, and then yeah, they turn out. To was be... there any sort of personality things that maybe pushed him down a bit? Well, I think he. I, I, I have no idea the answer to that, by the way. But I don't think so. I think he because he started at Alabama, and then um, I think there was stuff with like behavior issues there or something along those sort of lines. Then he transferred to I think it's a junior college, then back to Tennessee. But yeah, I don't think there's anything other than just a bit of problem there, but. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was a factor for some. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think all, all the same players have got behaviour problems as far as I'm concerned. So <laughs> maybe he fits in quite well there. Yeah, just he's just found the right home for him. But yeah, I'll, but, I'll go for Kamara, really. And I, yeah, I think it's between probably them two and maybe Joe Mixon, depending on what happens at Cincinnati for as a best career. Well, I guess Kareem Hunt is a, a tough one. It's, it's a really hard question. There's a lot of good ones in there. Yeah. Yeah, I, think yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, you, you're probably right but we can't go for the same person because that's no. just boring. And I wouldn't have expected you to pick anyone but McCaffrey, to be honest. I, exactly. I would have been a bit disappointed if you did pick anyone else. To be <laughs> well, the next question comes from Joe, who is at JCO187. And he says, if Herbert stays at Oregon, do the Giants give Eli another year? Um, I don't think the first part of the question really matters too much because <laughs> no. they can't give him another year. No. They could get any free agent quarterback for any half decent one any of the top five probably and they're going to do a better job than Eli aren't they it's 
Yeah, be careful saying any free agent well, yeah, yeah. That's a, Nathan yeah, Peterman's just hit, just hit free agency. It'd be probably pretty similar, wouldn't it? It was, uh, it was. It's, Eli's just a disaster this year, isn't he? And how, when you have players like but, uh, Beckham and Barkley, you spoke about before, you just you can't keep Eli there. He's just holding them hostage, isn't he? You don't, you don't even need. I don't think you need a great quarterback there. Just someone just to get them the ball, basically, and just you can't even do that. It's yeah, it's pretty amazing that he's still their quarterback yeah I think just going back to what I was saying before in, in terms of Beckham having all the coverage on him when they had no run game well, now they've got the run game they don't really need to bother covering Beckham anymore because they know the ball's not going to get there yeah. accurately so you know they, they've playing against the Giants has has switched from in terms of mentality for a defence I think but yeah they, they just need they just need to get rid of him he's, he's done and the thing is you speak to a lot of um Giants fans about it and the thing they always come back with is two rings and it's like well, well yeah but <laughs> that was years ago yeah. and he's not the player he was when he won the rings so it's it's a it's a ridiculous argument really yeah and it's, they've invested quite a lot in free agents over the years and that sort of thing and it just hasn't paid off and it pretty much comes back to Eli just turning the ball over constantly and just terrible throws all the time but yeah, I think no matter what happens, I think they've got to move on one way or another. Yeah, um, agreed. So the next question is from uh, Jean-Luc, at Jean-Luc Fresh, who says, who are you predicting to be the number one pick in the 2019 NFL draft? I think I think it's a pretty My... straightforward one, isn't it? Oh, so I was taking that to mean player. Oh, you're, you're, okay. I was thinking team, but yeah, I think... Yeah, I think I've misread that one. Yeah, so yeah, you can go. You oh, go player, well, if we go with player, we'll say we don't know because we don't watch enough college ball. <laughs> so let's let's answer it your way. <laughs> well, I think if it is a player, I've got a feeling they go with a quarterback, whether that is Herbert or somebody else. But because yeah, just what we talked about earlier with the star power. But yeah, I think it's the Raiders. <laughs> I think they've given up already. I think that I think they're actively trying to lose, which is pretty amazing. Even teams that have tanked it attacked in the past by trading away all their players haven't tried to lose this badly but I'm not sure they need to try to lose that. I think they're just going to just lose anyway yeah I, I, that's the thing <laughs> even, yeah, even if they wanted to win I don't think they would but they, they get yeah. behind they're like slowing down the game and stuff I just don't understand it unless they are trying to lose on purpose which is yeah it doesn't really happen in the NFL too often but yeah to me it seems yeah. like they are but yeah I think, I think yeah, it's quite but... open who they could go for because they need players in pretty much every position so yeah, I think yeah so my, my college knowledge isn't amazing. Um, I do try and catch the Clemson games from time to time, just because they're they're near to Charlotte and they've they've got a pretty elite jersey, which is pretty much the reason I picked them. They just happen to be really good as well, which, which helps. Um, but I know that there's a lot of the linemen in um, in Clemson, and people are saying that the four, four of them are potentially going to go sort of top ten, top fifteen. Um, they're that good, so. Um, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of Clemson and a lot of Alabama going high up yeah. because they're, they're both just completely tearing it up right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and hopefully I'm actually going to be in New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl, so I'm hoping Clemson are playing there as well because that would be a pretty good experience to go and see that. Yeah, that'd be amazing for that. Um, so, well, the next question is from at Joe Collins 123 who says, are the Steelers the best team in the AFC? What are your thoughts on that? This one hurts me right now after Thursday. Um, I, I don't think so. Um, 
I think they're they're up there. I mean, they're always up there. It's <laughs> it's pretty much the the same suspects every year with with the AFC. Um, you know, the Patriots obviously bizarre result last week. Not quite sure how that happened or where that came from. I'm sure, you can uh, probably go into more detail on that one than I can if you want to. <laughs> Well, um, I think it was I think the Chiefs obviously their their offense and Mahomes is just insane at the moment but I do feel like there is going to come a point where their their defense catches up with them yeah. I, I, I'm not sure they're going to keep that you know I'd probably still pick the Patriots then maybe the Chiefs and then Steelers and Chiefs uh, yeah Steelers probably third for me yeah I, I think I agree with you really I think I think so far this season I think the safe to say the Chiefs have been the best team in the AFC but I think there's four teams at the top of the division that can sort of all end up at the Super Bowl and it wouldn't surprise me if any of them I think say the four you've mentioned really the Chiefs, Steelers, mm. Patriots and Chargers I think they're all I think they're all a little bit better than the other teams in the league uh, in the division, yeah I sorry. mean the Chargers are on a great run at the moment despite injuries to everyone yeah and they've got a nice a nice formula there for winning the playoffs haven't they they've got a good a good quarterback probably one of the best in the league they got one of the best running backs in the league and a good defence with lots of young talent and uh, Joey Bosa is going to be coming back pretty fresh for that run. So, yeah, I think yeah, I think the Seas are one of the best teams, but yeah, I don't think there's any team that's sort of head and shoulders above the others, is there? No, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I just look at the, the Chiefs the last few years as well and, and they've always, okay, not quite as well as this, obviously, but they've always started quite well and then, Usually Alex Smith would sort of blow up at some stage in the season. I know he's not there now, but it just feels like if they can get past that and, and not have that sort of that dip, then yeah, they're they're gonna be serious contenders. But you know what they say that the cliche is that good defence wins Super Bowls and they don't have that. No. So I I don't think they're gonna go all the way. As as exciting as they are to watch, I think it is gonna catch up with them. Yeah, I think there's a few teams there with a a good formula to beat them, isn't there, really? And yeah, I agree with you. I think it will sort of catch up to them. I think they're a great team, but yeah, I think I think they are beatable. I don't think they're I don't think they're quite as good yeah. as they're maybe looking right now, or the sort of general general perception of them is. But yeah, yeah, they're certainly fun to watch. Yeah, that's that's definitely one thing they are, which isn't always hasn't always been the case with Alex Smith there. So yeah, it's not nice no. Mahomes. Well, is Joe's also asked another question? It's a fantasy one, um, one that you might actually know more about because. It's uh, should he start Dak Prescott or Matt Stafford this weekend? Um, Matt Stafford's playing yeah. the Panthers, so yeah, I, I trade maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I mean, if if you look at obviously who who they're up against, um, like you say, Matt Stafford is is up against us, um, and the Cowboys have got the Falcons. So I think both quarterbacks are probably going to be on on the losing end this weekend. Um, our defense has had some real ups and downs, and and when you actually look at the reasoning behind it, or what I believe is the reasoning behind it, we've lost our defensive coordinator the last two seasons, so we're in our third in three years, and I think it's finally caught up with us. Yeah, that you know you can't just keep changing that, and, and the reason we lost them is because they, they both did so well, and and they went on and got head coaching jobs, so we're now in a position where we've got our third. He's not as good as the other two have been, um, you know. And when when I watched the, the Steelers game, you saw Luke Keekley sat on the side, who, let's be honest, is, is 
one of, if not the best linebacker in the league. And he just looked properly pissed off. Yeah. Because you could just see that nothing was working, nothing was clicking. So I think there's an opportunity for Stafford to put up some points. But we responded pretty well after we lost to the Redskins with three straight wins. So I think Ron is going to put rockets up their asses, and I think we're going to come back and, and have a decent one. So I'm going to go with Stafford just because when I look at the Cowboys and their receivers, they've got what Cole Beasley, basically. And I'm just not sure where Dak's going to get the points from. But I don't think Stafford's going to have a good game. And I realised I've just jinxed the Panthers completely. <laughs> well, I, I sort of agree with all the reasoning, but I'll just end up with Dak Prescott just because they're playing that Falcons defence who I reckon I could put up a good 10 fantasy point, points against them. So, yeah, <laughs> Dak, with they're going to force the ball to Amari Cooper now, aren't they? And yeah, You, th- you think that's going to be a bit, of a bit of a shootout, that one then? Yeah, well, I just... I don't think the Falcons can do anything else, can they? Because they've got a, still got a good offence, but a defence that can't stop anybody at all. And even Baker Mayfield, who hasn't been doing too great this week, uh, recently put up some great numbers against uh, against them last week. So, yeah, I think Dak can do the same. And, yeah, I think I'll go for the Dak. The one thing that makes me think of Stafford is if um, you get ahead again, like you have so often this year, get sort of 20, 25 points ahead or something and then let the team back in it and... He's got yeah, with some garbage time. We're, yeah, we're not known as the the cardiac cats for no reason. <laughs> we we love even when we uh, in 2015 when we went 15 and one. There, most of those games we were cruising and just somehow let teams back in. You know, while you've just been talking, I've just been having a look at some of the, the stats around just just the NFC South. The Falcons have only allowed 20 more points than both the Saints and the Panthers, which is quite surprising. Yeah, that, that doesn't feel like how it's gone, does it, this season? No, no, it doesn't. But, I mean, you know, the, the Panthers is usually, a, you know, probably a top six defence in the NFL. They just haven't been this year at all. No. Um, but, yeah, that, that does surprise me. There's only 20 more points conceded. And they've actually only scored three more than the Panthers, which, again, is quite surprising because it feels like they're always putting up a decent score. To me, it feels like the Panthers have given up more points because they've got ahead and stuff. I feel like... The Falcons have given up points just because they're a terrible defense. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably fair. There's probably more garbage time points against us than there yeah. is against them. Like, obviously, I've got no idea what like, the situational breakdown is, but I imagine the Panthers have given up quite a lot of points when they've been a couple of touchdowns ahead or something, where the Falcons have just been going score for score, haven't they? It's... Yeah, we we do that. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, that is the end of this week's questions. So there's quite a lot there. So thanks for them. Uh, so always enjoy doing them questions. Keeps it a bit different. So yeah, so keep them coming in next week. Um, so we'll move on to this week's games. Um, quickly run through all of them. Uh, well, on Thursday night we got quite an interesting game. I think um, one that could decide quite a lot in the NFC, and it's uh, the Packers travelling to the Seahawks. Um, who have you got in this one? So general rule of thumb is Thursday night team at home. So. <laughs> I think if this was if this was a Sunday, and you know, obviously you know, um, CenturyLink is, is is a pretty good um, environment to be having your home games in. Yeah. So, um, if it was a Sunday, I'd, I'd probably just just edge the Packers on this one. But Thursday night home team, I'm, I'm going to go with the Steel, uh, Seahawks. Even yeah, I've still got the Steelers on my mind for Thursday. <laughs> sorry, just that you're never going to forget that one, are you? Was it? No. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I'll go for the Seahawks as well. I think I just don't like this Packers team very much. I think they're yeah, other than Aaron Rodgers, there's not really a lot to look at on that team and be too hopeful about. I guess I'd, I'd um, struggle to name more than a couple of other Packers players outside yeah. of Rodgers. Yeah, there's, no, I mean, there's not really much to get excited about. No, and I'm not sure he's playing. Is bet I'm not sure he's having his best season personally either. Rogers, so yeah, I think I'm going to Seahawks here. Say, you should say the Thursday night uh, is an advantage for the home team and a good home field advantage already. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah, I think the Seahawks come out of this one. Yeah, closer to the closer to the playoffs, and it could be uh, the end of the end of the run for the Packers this year. Um, so yeah, on Sunday's games, uh, first up we got the Bengals at the Ravens. Um, where to see this one going? So. The Ravens have just lost to the Steelers, the Panthers, and the Saints. So they've, they've had a pretty, pretty grim run because obviously the Panthers, obviously the the lesser of the teams there, but they faced the Panthers when they were on a, a pretty good run themselves, um, and it was a pretty comfortable win for us as well. Um, so I feel like they're kind of maybe due a win here because um, their their defense is is supposed to be pretty good, yeah. and yeah, they've they've lost three in a row, so. Um, you also look at the Bengals just got a complete battering last last weekend. Um, depends on obviously how they respond to that, but I think they're going to be a bit bruised from that one. So I'm going to take the Ravens. Yeah, I, I, it's a tough one because we don't actually know who's going to be at quarterback for the Ravens yet. So Flacco, they're talking that he could be out for an extended period. There might it might even be surgery. So this could be the start of the Lamar Jackson era, and that Bengals defense has been atrocious, isn't it? I think. Is it the first team to ever give up 500 yards in three straight games or something along those sort of lines? <laughs> so, yeah, you feel like they're going to give up some points somewhere. But, yeah, it's a tough one because, yeah, without AJ Green, that Bengals offence doesn't look too good. But, yeah, I think going for the Ravens, just being at home. But, yeah. yeah, it's always quite a nice little subplot, isn't it, when you've got a rookie quarterback coming in for the vet who's who's maybe injured or suspended or something and it's... It's always that question of is he going to make the position his own? Like, how do you drop him if he if he starts putting yeah. up some good numbers? It's always yeah. quite fun to watch. Yeah, it makes it seem, uh, this offseason quite interesting, doesn't it? If he comes in and has sort of seven, was it seven games left? Uh, seven good games for them, and yeah, really, because Flacco's not exactly the most inspiring uh, quarterback in the world, is he? When you watch him, but yeah, yeah so. I mean, like you said, we don't know how how long he's going to be out. But if it's only a few games, but Jackson comes in and puts up good numbers, how do you then drop him? What do you then do? And it's yeah, it's always kind of fun when when you see this going on. Probably when it's not your team, but yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah, I think it's it's a nice little subplot to that one. If yeah. uh, if if he gets a good run of games, probably makes that game a little bit more interesting than it might have been uh, a couple of weeks ago. Because yeah, I think both them teams are on on the downward curve sort of thing. They're not uh, heading the right direction this season. So yeah, interesting one on Sunday. Um, well, next up, we've already spoken about it a little bit, but uh, we've got the Cowboys at the Falcons. Um, yeah, they've they've got the same record, <laughs> and I don't know how. <laughs> it it seems strange that I know the the Falcons lost you know a, a fair few defensive players, but I, I still can't quite get my head around how they're both four and five. It just seems odd. Yeah. Um. But but I I I just think the, the Falcons are just just the better team. And I think they're just going to win, annoyingly. <laughs> well, I, th- I think I'm going for the Cowboys, but it's more just that I sort of quite like the team that almost like needs to win more. Where I, th- I think the Falcons are almost, I think you can almost write them off already. And 
I mean, the Cowboys coming off that win against um, the Eagles, I think mean, they can almost ride that bit of momentum. And yeah, I know the Redskins are a couple of games ahead, but I don't think I don't think they're the most. Um, yeah, I don't think they're the best team. At, what are they six and two or seven and two or something now? Seven and three? I don't know what they are, but they're I know they're a few games ahead. And yeah, I feel like the Cowboys fancy their chance at this division, where I feel like the Falcons are already. I think you can already write them off, and yeah, I just think I'll go with the Cowboys for that. Are we, are we, yeah. Are we saying that whoever loses here is is job done? Yeah, for the year? yeah. I, I think that's almost definitely the case, isn't it? As, particularly yeah. the Falcons. So I would already, I would already happily write him off. But yeah, I think this is uh, the final nail in the coffin, wouldn't it? The NFC South put three teams into the playoffs last year. Yeah, true. With I, a run, it could happen again. I mean, bear in mind, like I said last year, they went four and four, and then came back to cruise into the playoffs. So, yeah, it could happen. Yeah, maybe. I feel, I, I feel like I can't see them. They still got some tough games coming up, haven't they? Like when they got to play you and the Saints, it's hard to see them. They, I feel like they almost need to win out, and I just can't see it really. But they always beat us, so <laughs> that's the guaranteed. This will be them. the year. I, I, yeah, I'm backing you. Um, well, next up we got um, another uh, NFC South team. We got the Buccaneers traveling to the Giants. Um, yeah. So. I was having a look at this earlier, and do you know the Giants are zero and four at home? <laughs> it feels hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it feels like you've you've almost got to do a Raiders and try to <laughs> to be that bad. So, just for that reason, I'm I'm going to go that the Giants are going to get a win because there's no way they're going zero and eight at home. <laughs> They've got to get one, and this Bucks team is not good. Defensively, they're bad. Offensively, they they've got all manner of problems. I mean, their numbers are good, but is it Winston? Is it Fitzmagic or whatever? Or Fitz Tragic, whichever one he is this week. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants just because I think there's no way they're going to go 0 and 5 at home, even a team as bad as they are. I, I don't see that happening. I feel like if Eli doesn't put up some yards on this Buccaneers defense, then they should just he should just retire straight after the game. If he isn't over 300. <laughs> 300 and a couple of touchdowns and just in his post-game conference just announces he's calling it a day because they are dreadful yeah. and, and and not like a Roethlisberger maybe I'm finished no an yeah. actual retirement <laughs> yeah just <laughs> don't threaten it <laughs> yeah just lobs his jersey it's, it's, it's over he's just it's done but yeah this yeah I'm picking the Giants because that Buccaneers offence they're just not good are they and they put up lots of yards but well last week I think I think they're about 501 yards or something along those sort of lines. They're over 500 and scored three points. It, I don't even know that is possible. That's How can you do that? Well, I guess four interceptions from uh, Fitzpatrick probably explains it, but they're still incredible to, to, to do that badly. But yeah, I'll go for the Giants this week because, you know, they've just got better players. I mean, they've got their best players are better than the Buccaneers' best players. So yeah, I'll just give it to them for yeah. that. Um, well, next up, it's, yeah, I guess it's quite an intriguing matchup because it's teams that you would have expected to be right up there in the AFC. That's the Steelers uh, travelling to the Jags. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those ones start of the season everyone would have been properly hyped about. Can't wait for week week eleven. This is going to be a huge one. And the Jags have just they've gone back to the Jags of old. Really, they're not really what everyone was expecting them to be. 
it, it seems like there's some problems going on there. And I don't really know what it is. That sort of behind the scenes stuff. It's, it, there seems to be some discontent coming out from some of the things that I've been hearing. Like when they um, when they came over and they had some uh, some players arrested on yeah. a Friday night, for example. You know that that's not the actions of a team that's firing on all cylinders and is committed. To, to what they're doing, no. running up a fifty grand bill, which is impressive. I'm not even sure how you do that. <laughs> yeah, that's um, but I mean, you know, you, it's Bortles is the obvious thing that you start to point out. But even their defense, which is, was going into the season, everyone was thinking is going to be one of the best. I think someone in first and ten, one of the leagues, took him second, took them second round. Was it? Yeah, thirteenth overall. So thirteenth overall yeah, pick for this Jags defense. <laughs> And he's still I mean, won four games more than you this year, so... Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think it's... Bortles is, is you know, the, the scapegoat that everyone points at. And rightly so sometimes, but the defence hasn't really stepped up either. Um, and something's really not quite right there. So, yeah, I think it's a, a fairly simple Steelers win for me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think... I think they do this to see. I think they have a bit of a sluggish start and then kick off in the second half. And yeah, I think, I think it's, I, I, yeah, I, it's hard to pick the Jags at the moment. I don't think it'd be one of them that's the biggest shock in the world if all of a sudden the Jags turn it on a bit and their defense improves and they do pull off an upset here. But yeah, I think it would be an upset at this stage, which I'm not sure it would have uh, been that if you'd asked many people 11 weeks ago. I imagine when the schedule yeah, came out, I... this was on lots of lists of one of the highlights, but. Yeah, it's definitely. Not, it's not that interesting anymore. But no, no, it's it's kind of just a just another game. I mean, going into this one, they could have been hyping up the the playoff rematch. Was it angle on it? Yeah. But but I mean, they'll try. But <laughs> it's just not really much interest in it now. I don't think. No, okay. Bell the uh, Bell storyline is probably going to be the biggest thing about this one, isn't it? Now, so yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, that, I think that takes a backseat of rematch. That 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 tells you everything when a player that's not even there is the biggest story for a game. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this one's not looking as good as it could have done. Well, the next one's a bit of a an intriguing game. We've got two teams that look quite likely to be heading to the playoffs in the Texans uh, going to the Redskins. Um, what do you think of this one? So they're they're both six and three. So you look at that and you think, okay, they're similar sort of level. But the Texans, all three of their losses came in the first three games. So they're actually on a pretty impressive run at the moment. Um, so I'm, I'm, I think they're going to make it seven. I think they're going to extend their run and, and, and beat the Redskins here. I'd, you know, we only just lost to the Redskins in, in ridiculous fashion. Um, I haven't seen a huge amount of them, to be completely honest, but nothing I've seen out of them has really inspired me that much. I feel like both of these teams are two of the teams that are currently in playoff positions that you feel could fall away a bit over the second half of the season. I'm not sure either are quite as good as their record, but yeah, I think I go with the Texans just because I think there's more there's more about them, isn't there? They've got so many good players in that team, but yeah, I think they're, just, they're on a good run as well, and then yeah. that's you know they say good runs have to come to an end at some point, but it's it's difficult to beat a team that's high on confidence and. Winning six in a row, uh, I just don't think the Redskins are the team to do that. No, they're a weird team, though the Redskins, because they got a defense that can that seem that some weeks seem to just shut every like every play down almost, and then another week they just look very average. So yeah, I guess it depends who turns up and 
if they can get if they can get an early lead, then maybe they can just grind uh, Peterson and just hand him the ball lots of times. But yeah, I think the Texans are the favourites here, and yeah, I'll yeah. go for them right now. Um, well, the next one's well a very interesting game in uh, the Titans <laughs> at the Colts. So these are the two teams I said that don't yeah. inspire me at all. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah they're not not the most exciting teams to watch, are they? But yeah, I think both no, teams on on the back of big wins, don't they? Yeah, and and on on both on little runs as well. Um, and I was just again just having a little click around because I'm I'm very sad, and I was just looking at <laughs> sort of records and, and and who's allowing what. And, do you know the Titans are actually allowed fewest points in the whole league? It's weird because, but that defense has got so much talent on it. Because who, I can't think who it was that they traded down with the other year. But was it the uh, was it the Wentz trade? Whoever, whatever one it was, anyway. But they got lots of uh, lots of picks in there. They got a good young side there. So yeah, that defense has really come on this year. Mm. So, yeah, for, for that reason, I'm going to go with them. They've, they've they've got the best defense in the league, effectively in terms of points allowed. So defenses win games, as they say. Well, I think I'm going with the Colts because, well, I love Andrew Luck, but I think, I think they're just, I think there's something about them. And it was going to be one of my takeaways, but I forgot it actually, which is uh, great. But it was going to be that the Colts sort of accidentally hired one of the best offensive coaches in the league. They they obviously went for McDaniels, who is sort of said to be one of the great offensive coaches. And obviously I do agree with that. But yeah, and Frank Wright, they've really sort of, accidentally found a real good coach I think that team I think is it three or four games without uh, a sack for Andrew Luck which it was unthinkable over the last uh, few years of his career he seemed to be he used mm. to be battered week in week out but yeah now they seem to be getting the ball out quickly and he looks like he looks so good and yeah I think a lot of that is down to the work with the head coach so yeah I'll go with the Colts because yeah. I really like the Colts yeah I, I mean it's a good point you you bring up as well because I, I saw some um, some film on on the Colts and when they came out in a, I think it was a three tight end set and and the scheme that they put up and and just ripped <laughs> ripped the defense apart with these three uh, tight ends all, all running their different routes it was it was quite impressive to watch I'll see if I can find it and uh, can retweet it out on the uh, first and ten Twitter account because it's yeah. a good video. So even Eric Ebron, who sort of struggled a bit the Lions, he's become a quite a big part of this offense, and yeah, they've managed to mm. turn him into the player that they sort of thought they were getting, or the Lions were getting, sorry, when they drafted him. But yeah, I'll go, I'll go for the Colts here. But yeah, whoever wins this one's in a really good position to go on and sort of snatch that six seed because right now there's no obvious team in it. I think I'd have the Dolphins are still there, but yeah, there's no. There's what no what are the Dolphins this year? I think. <laughs> well, I, I still if, don't really know. If they get in the playoffs this year, they might beat at the Bills for like the worst playoff team ever after last year. So, yeah, yeah, they're, they're they're another team, aren't they? Very uninspiring, the Dolphins. So, yeah. yeah. But we'll see. Well, next up, we've got a big one for you. It's uh, the Panthers at the Lions. So, are you picking the Lions here? <laughs> Do you know? Funnily enough, I'm not. No. Oh. Um, and and thing is, this isn't actually just bias. This is when I look at the way we reacted to. The, the loss um, in Washington came back with a, a three three win streak. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna do the same because when you look at some of the games we've got coming up as well, they are actually quite winnable. Um, so we've got them, then we've got we've got Seattle at home, and, and our home record is um, I think it's one of the best streaks in the league actually uh, at the moment. 
um, and then Tampa. So I think we're going to put on a little bit of a run. Uh, it won't be without us blowing a massive lead at some stage and, and almost losing, of course, because nothing's ever straightforward. Um, but looking at the Lions, they've lost three in a row. Um, and, I, and I think we're going to bounce back from the battering that we took uh, because we've we've shown already this season that we can come back from a loss and, and do pretty well. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think this Lions team, and I'd like to say it's unbiased to my point of view, but you know, we all know about my uh, thoughts on Matt Patricia, so I'll leave them. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think the Panthers should win this comfortably. That Lions team, it's really dropped off, hasn't it? After yeah, they, they, they're a weird team because they they seem to win their big games when they've when they've played like the Packers, the Patriots, which the big games of them, their divisional games, then obviously Patricia going back. But yeah, oh, there's there's not much about them that you can really put forward as a case of them. And yeah, oh, yeah, I'll go for the um, go for the Panthers as well here. I think mm. pretty comfortably. Um, well, the next game, uh, the start of the later games, is uh, the Broncos travelling to the Chargers. Is there any way the Broncos can win this one? No. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> with you on that one. I don't, you know, the, the Chargers are on, on a roll at the moment. Um, the Broncos are just pretty uninspiring. Um, yeah, a team that prides itself on its defence and they're three and six. Um, so, yeah, the Chargers, I mean, before the season started, the Chargers were kind of my my dark horse tip to, to win it all. Um, obviously, then during pre-season, they had about 50 injuries. So that probably stopped me from putting a bet on, but... Maybe I should have done because at uh, seven and two, they're looking pretty good. Yeah, it's it's hard to see because I think I, I think they're getting back Joey Bosa this weekend. I'm not hundred percent sure if he is, but I, mean, I know week eleven was their sort of target. Um, and yeah, it's hard to really pick the Broncos here, isn't it? They're not they're not doing particularly great on either side of the ball, and yeah, the Chargers. I always say these ones, the um, divisional games, are ones where. You can get an upset, but yeah, I just can't see it on this one. No, me either. Well, next up, we've got a game that I think the entire NFL would be happy to skip over. It's uh, the Raiders at the Cardinals. This this will bring back the crowds, this one. Yeah, this... <laughs> the, the, do you know, the thing is, I, I was actually uh, I was watching Red Zone this week, because obviously we, um, we played on Thursday, so I, I actually got to watch Red Zone for a change, which was quite nice. Um and and you know that going into the fourth quarter, it was twenty fourteen against the Chiefs. I mean that's not bad against the team that's you know people are touting as possibly if not the best team in the AFC, and they were only six points back with fifteen minutes to go. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that they're a good team by any stretch. They're two and seven, but. For that reason, and for the fact that we've already discussed that the Raiders are basically trying to lose now, yeah. I don't think you can look past the cards there. No, I, so I think the Cardinals have got a really good defense and something they can sort of really go forward with. But yeah, right now the offense isn't exactly uh, isn't exactly firing all cylinders. But I think yeah, going up against a team that yeah I really do feel is trying to lose, especially against a, a rival for the number one pick. Yeah, I can't see anyone but the Cardinals here. But, yeah, do you think they're both going to try and lose this one to try and get that number one pick? Well, I, <laughs> and they're I, just going to trade picks or something? I think the difference is that uh, the Cardinals 
coaching staff are sort of playing for their jobs, aren't they? Where yeah, Gruden's pretty safe for a few years now, which is he's either safe or he's going to get paid. So yeah, he doesn't yeah. Care. yeah. I, I, I'm not sure he's too bothered either way, is he? But yeah, no. this this isn't exactly one you that uh, I don't think we'll get getting much coverage on Red Zone of this one. Um, well, the game that probably will get most of the coverage on that is uh, the Eagles travelling to the Saints. Uh, a pretty interesting game with, well, the Super Bowl champion, the reigning Super Bowl champion, versus probably the favourites for the Super Bowl champions. Right? Yeah. Um, I think this is another one that, start of the season, everyone's looking at Week 11 going, wow, you know, that could be a pretty big game. Um, and it's it's actually a much bigger game for the Eagles than it is for the Saints. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, what, they third, I think, in the um, NFC East? Yeah. Which is remarkable. And again, nobody would have had that going into the start of the season. But, you know, the Saints are 8-1. You know, for them, this is this is just another game. They're going to come in. They're just going to steamroll them. Um, it's in New Orleans as well. So Breeze is just going to, he's just going to have the ball out wherever he wants it, whenever he wants it. Um, and I think, this could potentially be a blowout. Yeah, I, it does look like it's heading that way, doesn't it? I think maybe the Saints people got a little bit carried away. Some people are almost crowning them, aren't they? But it, this season they easily could have lost. Well, they they should have probably lost to the Browns, which uh, sort of says that they're not unbeatable. Is it? I think they had a big fourth quarter comeback there, which feels unbelievable now when you look back. And there's been a couple of other games they should have lost to the Ravens a couple of weeks ago, and. So maybe the Eagles obviously have a talented team, but yeah, it's hard to pick anyone but the Saints. They do look unstoppable, don't they? Yeah, and when you consider the game they lost was against the Buccaneers, yeah, (laughs) of of all the teams to lose against, that's you know that's pretty low down the packing order of where you'd expect them to lose. Um, And yeah, it it was one of those ones where they've gone zero and one, and everyone was talking about how they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna be Super Bowl contenders this season, certainly. Everyone in the NFC South was thinking, "Oh bloody hell, maybe maybe they're not that good. This this could be a, a good chance for us." Um, yeah, they've they've pretty much quietened those voices down now and have just gone on a ridiculous run, and and they're just winning with style as well. And yeah. they're they're doing some pretty crazy stuff on on their offense. I think I think I saw one snap where they had three quarterbacks on. <laughs> I mean, what? I, I mean, I've never seen that. I've seen two. But three, it was it was just ridiculous. And it was, I think the, the defence they were facing, I can't remember what game it was now, but they were too busy just looking at each other going, what's going on? Yeah, just just trying to confuse them. But they, yeah. they seem to run that a lot better than the uh, Ravens when they try and do it, don't they? The Ravens just like it's, they're just doing it for no reason, where the Saints, they actually seem to know why they're doing it and when they're doing it. And yeah, it works a lot better for them. But... That, that's because that's they've got Sean Payne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knows a thing or two about the offense. Yeah, and he likes to show everyone how smart he is, doesn't he? He doesn't. Uh... He does. Yeah, with his <laughs> stupid pouty mouth thing that he does, <laughs> that makes me want to throw my remote control on my TV. Yeah, uh, I'm not the biggest Sean Payton, Sean Payton guy, but yeah, he is a uh, great coach. But well, a game that uh, got flexed into the late night uh, game on Sunday, uh, one that could uh, have. Be a sort of bit of a, a bit of a decider in the NFC North, and that's the Vikings travelling to the Bears. Um, well, I guess after our earlier chat, I guess you're picking the Vikings, are you? I don't know. I, I am, yeah. So I've already sort of said kind of what I was going to say about this, and that they're on a three-game streak, but it was against the Lions, the Bills, and the Jets. 
and they weren't, you know, against the Jets, or particularly it wasn't a massive blowout, whereas the Vikings completely blew out the Jets. Um, and they kept it to 10 points against the Saints, which seems like a bit of an achievement at the moment, the way the Saints are playing. Um, so I think I think this is where the Bears get found out and get a loss. And yeah, normal service will start being resumed because they've still got to play each other twice as well. Yeah. So I've uh, said quite often this podcast, I think the Vikings are going to be the one that comes away from that division and sort of, Emerges as one of the, like the real contenders in the uh, conference, but if the Bear, if the Bears can win this, then it's hard to see them being caught from there. But yeah, this is a big game. This is a bit of one of those games, a bit of a prove it game for the Bears, isn't it? If they are really uh, a real team in this uh, league right this season, then yeah, this is what yeah, they have I, to win. In in football terms, this is a six pointer. I think they call this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's fair to say. But yeah, the Vikings are a weird team because I keep thinking they're gonna really come good, and they're not. I don't know. There's just stuff missing, isn't there? I don't know what it is, but I like both sides of the ball for them. But yeah, I'll go. I'll go for the Vikings as well in this one. Um, well, and then our final game of the week is one that's uh, well. Nah, time. not interested in this one. No, this is quite <laughs> a dull one, isn't it? But yeah, got moved from uh, Mexico because of that pitch was horrendous, wasn't it? And there was some sort of concert there. Was it Shakira or someone like that? I can't remember who it was, but yeah, that pitch yeah, was it... an absolute disgrace. <laughs> It made it made Wembley look like a like a snooker table for when the Tottenham uh, came to. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the Chiefs fans were uh, uh, the Chiefs players. Sorry, were saying they were going to boycott the game, weren't they? If they they held it there, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that's the the only reason that they moved it. I think they would have gone ahead if the players had suited up for it. Yeah, um, but they just thought if if all the stars don't turn up for this one, and we end up with a load of practice squad players or, or a load of crap players out there and the third and fourth string players out on the field then it's not good for for monday night football so yeah. i reckon that's the main reason that they moved it and i didn't know that if you do give up a home game one of the conditions is you must keep your home stadium available oh, that was really? a new one on me yeah yeah, yeah so because effectively for, for this exact reason if, if for whatever reason it, it gets cancelled be it flights, pitch issues, you know, whatever. Um, you have to have somewhere that you can still hold the event and, and you have to keep your home stadium available. So Makes sense, I guess. Little, little interesting fact for you though. Yeah. Well, say this is probably one of the most intriguing games all season, isn't it? And could easily be a Super Bowl preview. But yeah. I, I feel like this is the week where the, uh, the Chiefs, sorry, look a little bit worse. I think, I'd, it's hard because that Rams defense can't seem to stop anybody at the moment, can they? Despite all the uh, stars they have for, on that side of the ball, but yeah, I got I got a sneaky feeling the Rams um, sort of come back to the team that we thought they were going to be, and yeah, really show that they are one of the best in the NFL. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think um, I alluded to it earlier as well that there, there's going to come a point where the, the Chiefs defence catches up with them I think this is going to be it um, I think it's just it's going to be a massive shootout it's going to be a lot of points um, you know 30s and 40s each wouldn't surprise me in the slightest um, so I think it's going to be really fun to watch it's just for us in the UK it's a bit of a shame it's on so late because I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to stay up for that one yeah it's tough these Monday night ones they're prime time there but yeah it's almost like a two yeah. staying up for it isn't it 
Sunday night's a lot easier somehow. I, yeah. I don't know why, because you're kind of in you're in NFL mode, aren't you, from, from watching yeah. Red Zone for seven hours. So you can kind of power through. Monday night just seems like a lot harder. You've been at work all day, yeah. and then you got to stay up till five in the morning. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit of a chore. Yeah, especially when it's not your team. It's Yeah, it's very, very hard. But yeah. yeah. If I'm ever going to start for one, it's probably this sort of game, isn't it? But... Yeah, so yeah, again if it's not your team this is pretty much the the pick. If you yeah. had to pick two teams to go head to head what you, what do you want to see? This is it's going to be up there. Maybe the Saints involved somewhere. Yeah, this is Um but it's a tough one to call, but I, I I'm going to go Rams just because um I've said about eight times on this podcast now that the defense is going to catch up with the Chiefs. So I think this is it. So I'm going to stick with what I've been saying. Well, and that rounds up all of the games for this week. So, well, thank you again for coming on. It's uh, it's been great having you on. And um, oh, do you want to plug uh, Twitter or Facebook for yourself or uh, the uh, Royal Riot? Yeah, so uh, if you want to follow uh, me, I'm at Pain in the Arse, uh, which is quite appropriate. I'm sure you'll agree, Dave. <laughs> um, but for uh, any Panthers fans out there, it's at Royal Riot UK. So uh, do give us a follow and get in touch. So even non-Panthers fans, it's good to support all the UK uh, like fan fan groups and stuff. So yeah, make sure you give them a follow. There's lots of, lots of good stuff. Yeah, on just, there. just be prepared for a lot of Panther stuff on your timeline yeah. if you do that. <laughs> I, I quite enjoy most of it. Most of it's quite good. Even ones when you're uh, having a pop at the Falcons, you know. There's been a couple there. <laughs> that, that happens quite a lot. Yeah, a, a, a lot. I would say. I would say yeah. that's, that's sort of 50% of the content is sort of Falcons bashing. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I've got I've got a flag at home that's got the uh, the Super Bowl scoreline uh, on it when it was twenty eight three. So yeah, it takes pride of place at home. And we happened to watch that game next to, in a booth next door to each other, didn't we? Uh, we did. That was that was the first time we met, wasn't it? Yeah, it, was, it was. Yeah. Me, me laughing at you because you were losing, and oh, yeah. uh, I wanted to jump off the balcony at half time. But... <laughs> yeah, then I was jumping around at the end, but yeah, that was a good one. Um, well, say so if you want to follow uh, First and Ten, we are at First and Ten underscore on Twitter, and uh, yeah, on Facebook we're First and Ten. And um, so we've still got a competition running for one more week. So uh, when we post this, make sure you share that on Facebook or Twitter, and you get entered again to uh, win a jersey of your choice. Have you entered yet? Have you have you been sharing them? Uh, yeah, what? Well, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Why wouldn't you possibly not them? I think I might maybe once but I'll, I'll make sure I do it again yeah. don't worry well you got to now you're on it haven't you so pretty much yeah it's, <laughs> it's self-promotion now really so. that's it <laughs> I'm, I'm more than happy with that so um, well yeah so thank you again for coming on and uh, next week I think Ross will be back and yeah we can talk about how I hammered him in the uh, first and ten mega league so well say it's goodbye from me and uh, goodbye from Ollie goodbye and uh, see you next week <laughs>